0: If you enjoy listening to inspirational stories from people just like us, facing the fear and doing it anyway, then you're in the right place. My name is Claire Hill, and this is the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of No Rest for the Vivid Podcast. My name is Claire Hill. I'm the founder of the Vivid Club membership and the host of this podcast. Um, today, I have Natalie back. Natalie is an absolute expert in how to be more sustainable, not only as an individual, but also in your business. And today we talk about how you can be more sustainable in your business and we discuss things that literally blew my mind. If you found this episode at all interesting, please send Natalie a message. Her details are in the show notes just to share the, the value of what she's offered in this um episode. It's amazing. And also share it. Tell your friends about it because It's a proper beaut of an episode. Enjoy. Hi Natalie, welcome back. Thank you for having me, great to be back. I'm so happy to have you back. Um, I'll let you do another intro in a minute just in case people are just discovering it. But um, your last episode with us, which was published back in November I think, really amazing impact like people in my membership in the Viva Club membership really enjoyed listening to it and oh. they changed things in how they are about being sustainable and for the interview I'm wearing my favorite find on Vinted oh. um, <laughs> <shirt>. <laughs> I love that I love it when people yeah. actually take it on board and start doing things absolutely isn't it just and um I don't know if I said this before but I'm really and it's got nothing to do with anything but I feel like you'd share my excitement I'm almost at the point where my cat is completely biodegradable not actually her <laughs> I, I was like oh. <laughs> most years but I don't want no no can you see the cat I found a biodegradable litter Amazing. and biodegradable bin bags and she, and it wow. all goes in the compost thing Amazing. Great. I'm so glad you said it was amazing. I'm really happy with myself. Yeah, because um, pets,
1: I just mapped my carbon footprint actually, and pets do make a difference if you've got a pet or if you haven't got a a pet. Mm. Um, Because I noticed, like me and a friend who've got very similar lifestyles, his carbon footprint was higher just because it's a little cat.
0: (laughs) So there you go. And also, the cat litter is from sustainable recycled wood.
1: Oh, even better.
0: I know yeah (laughs) literally living I'm now fully embraced with this cat 10 years she is 10 years old like you're all right to live it now I love her I love her anyway um by the by I've got all of that hyperish I'm just excited to have you back so I've got (laughs) that on my system now um for people that haven't listened to the other episode yet who are you where do you come from what do you do yeah.
1: Hi, I'm Natalie. Um, I'm a fashion, retail and manufacturing expert. That's kind of how I title myself, I guess, um, with a particular um, interest in sustainability. Um, so I used to be a fashion buyer. I was a fashion buyer for 15 years um, in, high, in the high street, really. So very much kind of fast fashion world. And I left that three years ago and I just wanted to be a change in the industry. I wanted to work more sustainably, ethically, and help other businesses and brands do that as well. Um, So, yeah, I work freelance now as a buying and sustainability consultant, really, to lots of different brands, helping them launch and grow, still have sales, still be commercially relevant, um, but working ethically and sustainably.
0: Amazing. What a powerful (laughs) job to have, though. And I mean, I know. Like in the last episode, we spoke about your journey through, you know, that fast fashion and how you you viewed it and what you've then gone on to help other businesses do. And the, a lot of the, the focus of the last episode was how as individuals we can be more sustainable with what we wear. Yeah. And, you know, I, I find it's very much. And, and after that, being um, that conversation we had about wearing the same outfit on my Instagram, I'm very yeah. conscious of that's okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's
0: okay to, you know. It actually, it's it's more in fashion to have less and see more different outfits and have favorite outfits. I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, that's kind of true style when you know you know your style and you kind of yeah you wear the same things
1: maybe switch it up in different ways. I get loads. I get more compliments when I wear the same outfit. I swear (laughs) than when I wear something new.
0: how funny yeah, yeah. so I was, it's just it's just was a really impactful episode and I've invited you back on for us to talk about business sustainability yeah. um, and as you know I support a lot of small businesses within the Vivi Club membership and my coaching but also on a practical level I think that when you're a small business and maybe you haven't got that manufacturing process necessarily it might be a kind of idea of how can I be, it doesn't really affect me, how can I be sustainable? That's why I wanted you back on for us to have that amazing discussion. So from the beginning, when we're starting and we're working in our small business, what would you say is the first thing that we should be considering in, in being more sustainable? So,
1: um, gosh, it's such a minefield. Where to start? And I'm like, it's such a big question. Um, I think the first thing I try to say to people is just understanding what sustainability means, because I feel like it gets really diluted. It's quite confused. And I think once you understand what it means and you have that at the front of your mind, then every decision you make, you'll always automatically be kind of thinking in that direction. Um, so I kind of explain sustainability to mean working in a socially re- responsible way with the lowest environmental impact. That's that's it. <laughs> it's really straightforward. But I think a lot of people think sustainable means environmental only. Yeah, but it actually does mean socially responsible as well. So that means making sure everyone's paid a living wage, uh, working in healthy, safe environments, um, no slave labor, no child labor, all of those things, but also low environmental impact. So doing the least harm on the environment is how I would sum it up in a nutshell if I was doing it you know, really quickly and in a simply, um, because I think people get hung up on whether organic is better or whether recycled is better. and it, And it's just like, if you just think, do the lowest environmental impact that you can um, and apply that to what you're doing, because organic is right for some people. Recycled is right for some people, depending on the materials they're using, depending on their type of business. Um, So actually, you know, from the Hippocratic oath that doctors take, they say, first, do no harm. And I feel like when I think of the word sustainable, I just think first do no harm no harm to people no harm to planet and we know that everything has a bit of an impact so no harm is probably not completely um gosh my work that works just gone out <laughs> yeah 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 it's realistic yeah it's realistic, realistic. Yeah. um but yeah if you think about first do no harm no harm to people no harm to planet and start from there and do yeah. the best you can
0: yeah and i think it it but then so say it for me, right? Oh my god, I love your mug. Mm. Oh my god, oh, what's Believe his name? In people, right? Ryan, what's his name? Rob Ryan. Oh, Rob Ryan. Yeah, I love my Rob Ryan. <laughs> I love Rob Ryan so much. Oh my, God, and it's Lila because oh my god, I need yeah, that. Yeah, Lila. I know I love Lilac as well. Rob. I love Lilac. They um, he's just bringing out like a little treasure box. Oh wow! I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, and it's oh. got um the um that um the, the the words when he's saying oh wouldn't you just come with me oh bug I'm going to send it to you because it's yeah. so beautiful and my my little boy loves collecting little treasures but puts oh. them in like tupperwares so wow. I thought how cute and then he can look back when he's older anyway I love, love Rob Ryan <laughs> massive, massive fan of Rob Ryan anyway um what was I saying so for example in my situation yeah. I um um I've got I work from home in a little office at the bottom of the garden that we built um I was going to get a woodshed but then I thought oh it's not going to be it can't really be insulated so we've actually got a purpose built it's insulated so yeah. that was a good decision was it yeah. <laughs> I was going to be going was that okay because I didn't yeah. really <laughs> No, <laughs> that's good it's insulated um we I like have my heat I used to have this time last year I'm so embarrassed to say this but um we had we had a, a consultation about getting solar panels and this lady came around and she was like you are an excellent candidate for solar panels but you are a high energy user and I was like what us yeah. What's that about that's ridiculous like I don't you know blah blah, blah. I always thought I was really good but in that moment, I didn't know about, and obviously with the energy crisis now, people I think are more aware. But my water temperature was really high on my boiler, my yeah. radiator water temperature was really high, and um, we well, I I thought this is so stupid. Now I think about it, I'm sorry, I'm really really embarrassed. So we got an, an energy efficient heater for down here, and I thought well, because it's energy efficient, I can have it on tw- twenty six degrees, right. <laughs> 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 and it'll be fine. It won't, it yeah. won't hardly cost us anything. <laughs> yeah. What, what planet was? It? I don't even know why I thought that. Anyway, that heater right in front of me is the reason why we are high energy users. But yeah. and also the water temperatures. Anyway, I cut our our fuel usage by half. So Amazing. when all the, the prices doubled, we pay no more than we were. Yeah, it's good. But anyway, so is working from home is obviously I don't drive anywhere. Yeah work so that's good as well but I'm interested to know about little things that that, that's the obvious yeah I'm obviously trying to be as sustainable as I am but what are the things that I might miss that make us that I don't realize make an impact on the environment wow that's
1: such a good question because there's such so there's two parts I suppose when you're a business owner there is your product or you know, your service or you know, and how much that's generating. And then there's also, yeah, your environment, your, yeah, all of those kind of things as well. Um, so in terms of running the business and the product side, um, obviously it's things like materials, what materials are you using, all of those things. But yes, yeah, such a good point about the kind of office space. Um, I've recently become carbon literate. I'm just waiting for my certificate. And we actually did an exercise during my training, which was ranking different things. And one of the highest one was the hot water. It was, right. haven't got your your hot water tank insulated then that's going to be making a huge difference. Turning your um, temperature down even by one degree makes a huge difference in emissions. Um, But one thing that I haven't even cracked this myself, actually, I'll be honest, is um, hosting, website hosting, and the emissions created from website hosting and sending emails and storing emails.
0: Now, do you know that I was so glad you said this because I was thinking that I you know when you like you're sort of aware that something makes an impact but yeah. you sort of can't haven't got the space to like so d- does it really make an impact all of that stuff yeah yeah definitely and there's some
1: significant you know things that you can do obviously things like clearing your inbox continuously something I'm really not very good at at all because I always worry that someone's going to ask me for that email from two years ago um but you can set up your inbox so that automatically just deletes emails so you don't get that feeling of you physically deleting emails
0: it's like clearing your inbox helps with emissions yes because oh my god the
1: internet is like if you think of the internet as like a big room full of generators that are storing all this information like it's not just it's not invisible it's a real tangible thing i suppose so all of those big machines are creating huge emissions, oh my God, huge amounts really, yeah. of electricity, and the what, more about photos come, more onto it, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Photos, videos, any kind of storage, um, oh I God. think the midst, we think of the cloud as a cloud, a literal <laughs> cloud, and <laughs> it's yeah. not, it's a massive machine or a big building full of machines. And all of those machines are whirring away, using up electricity, generating heat, generating emissions. Um, and you know, when we we talk about cryptocurrency, people talk about cryptocurrency, so much energy and actually all our emails and all of those things, they run on the same kind of generator, basically. I
0: didn't know that crypto, (laughs) they say cryptocurrency uses like loads of energy or emissions. Yeah,
1: yeah it's really and also banking does too so that's a that's a whole other debate because people think people say oh cryptocurrency uses loads of energy because it's a digital currency but the banking system obviously uses loads of energy as well because every transaction you do goes through a series of checks from your bank to someone else's bank from your bank to a retailer so all of the stuff that we do digitally is generating emissions so That's a yeah, if you can change you can change you can make some big changes really quickly, like changing your web hosting to a a more environmentally friendly one, which is something I haven't done actually. So this is a good reminder to me.
0: Which ones are quite right, so I'm I'm gonna come back to this because I'm I've now my mind is like my brain's hurting because already. (laughs) Yeah. This is so it's so good because I'm gonna I'm so embarrassed again about this because I'm I'm so like conscious about being sustainable but I have 40,000 photos on my phone and most of them are in the cloud and I have I think I think it's 15,000 unread emails that's yeah, ridiculous I mean isn't it?
1: you and me both you know I've got oh, okay. images.
0: I know I know some people are thinking oh my god I turn the notifications off so I don't see the number but um I was quite actually this morning I thought "Well, what I'm gonna do is just five minutes of unsubscribing and deleting stuff yeah but every t- like I literally open my emails but the other thing as well I have about I think about eight or nine email addresses
1: yeah that yeah but which doesn't help because it's very hard to you know regulate no. them
0: um
1: one of the things is setting your emails excuse me keep losing my voice um one of the things is to set your emails to um auto delete after a certain number of days things like that so that you don't have to be on top of clearing it out and they're just automatically clearing um that is i'm i'm absolutely just as bad i've actually put a time in my diary to do some folder sort outs because i'm also terrible at having a a copy of something on the cloud, a copy of something um, in a folder, you know, on my computer a copy of something that I've emailed, so it's sitting in my inbox as well in my sent items, taking up space. So that's three copies of one, you know, one document. Another suggestion actually is when you're emailing people, email them a link to the cloud so it's a shared document that you both use so then there's only ever one document rather than you're emailing it to them they're emailing it to somebody else he's forwarding it to somebody else and then that's however many copies of that document
0: wow (laughs) that's so good so when I send the attachment about the podcast to people I shouldn't I should be sharing the link because everybody that comes on like they get a little info sheet literally my mind's blown because um I didn't realize but I have three Google drives. Yeah. And I have and on top of that I have an iCloud drive. Um and I have uh, a a portable one. But right now my laptop is keeps whirring at me really loudly because the storage on my laptop is, is almost run out. Yeah. Because of, I I record all of these podcasts and everything. But I haven't come to the point where I can delete what's on my laptop even though this podcast right now i'm gonna have a youtube once it goes onto youtube i don't need to keep the video Well, yeah. once it goes on anchor to be published i don't need the actual audio but why do i keep them but then i'm just gonna put them in the google drive but they're on my laptop like i literally have three or four copies the photos of my artwork oh my god the amount and the amount of photos that are just oh and i bet whatsapp uses loads as well Oh, yeah, it's terrible. I'm trying to back up my WhatsApp at the moment and I can't because it keeps saying
1: I haven't got enough storage. That's how much storage I'm using on my phone. It's yeah, it's uh, it's, it's one of those things that we probably just take for granted. That's definitely yeah. one of the things I would say I'm most surprised about. Um, most other things you kind of you hear about it all the time, I suppose, so you know, switch your lights off, you know, leaving things on standby creates a lot of emissions as well um yeah anything that you're using around the house that's electric taking shorter showers that helps Mm
0: -hmm. um yeah there's quite a lot (laughs) it's just that coming back to the the emails like I feel that like you say it's not so I again it's naivety but it's having this is why these kinds of conversations are so important because people have been listening to this and never ever thought about the fact that they've got an inbox full of emails like our mutual friend bex my beautiful bex who works for me and i know you're going to be listening to this bex she says she organizes all my emails for the work not my personal that's where there's fifteen thousand my personal emails anyway so that's the thing i've got all of there's anyway that's another whatever so she thought they they go into these automatic folders when emails comes in ones that i don't see and i said well they can be all deleted and bex said to me no I don't like to delete any emails mm-hmm. so that I've always got something but now we know that just keeping an email for the sake of it I don't know why I just thought I, it was they were just there on my computer but they're not
1: yeah no they're, they're not. being stored they're,
0: somewhere else
1: they're, yeah they're all and it's and it's the emissions from sending as well uh the bigger the email the more emissions so yeah it's it's a it's a shocker and yeah that's a good reminder to me to be honest because i've had a, a note to
0: look at new
1: web hosts
0: for a while and i haven't done it so <laughs> it's, it's many really web good. posts that are that you know are, are more carbon neutral or i've been recommended there. but
1: i off the top of my head i can't remember but i can definitely find them and send them to you because i need to do it so
0: because i'm just i'm i'm considering moving one of my websites and i'm just about to build a new one so yeah. um being aware of stuff like that would be interesting. I might it's but again you just don't think about that as an element of something that you need to consider. Because no. it's always about waste, you know, like I've i been very um with vivid wire that I've always been really good at using as much of the wire as I can. Yeah. And because it's aluminium, I it can be recycled. However, and this is something that I need to look into I know that there's certain amounts of, of cutoffs of that aluminium that can't be recycled because it doesn't, it's not cost effective to recycle that piece of aluminium because it's too small or something like that. Yeah. So I need to research what that is. That's yeah. so that's something for me to do. But I've always kept, I've got boxes full of wire that I can then make into little key rings and stuff like that. But what I realized the other day is, like, oh, it's so good. I use my waste wire to make key rings, but actually, I then have to buy key rings that come in a plastic <laughs> yeah. box. Then there's emissions used to get those key rings to me.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. So is it even like, is there any point in that? So there's like that. Is
1: it, you see what I mean? Like I, I do know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, it's very tricky the waste thing to kind of weigh up. Um, and I see, especially in fashion businesses making bags because they've got waste fabric and it's kind of like, why have you got so much waste fabric? You know, they're making a lot of bags. So then there's something wrong with the cutting process, why they've got so much waste fabric or there's something wrong with the ordering process. So it's going back to the beginning and minimizing first, but it sounds like you're doing that in which case, you know, you're doing the right thing. If you're minimizing first. Um, and then, you know, you have got these small amounts, if there's nothing else you can do with it, then using it in purpose, you know, using it into something purposeful. Um, the other option though, is collaboration, I think not enough businesses do, which is, you know, is there a business that already makes key rings out of wires? And that's the core of their business. And is there some way that you can collaborate? So you're passing on your yeah, waste? That also helps them, would. because it's, they're using someone else's waste, rather than Buying new materials, they they only need short amounts. So they don't need to buy the you know the long wires that you need. No. So is that another,
0: you know, That's way? Good idea
1: to work with someone else. But yes, I've just actually went to a circularity event yesterday, and it was just fascinating and eye opening. Um, just thinking about the different ways of, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're well, getting rid of your waste, keeping the things that you're using in the loop for longer, I think is the important thing. Mm. That's another thing that I think most businesses these days, you know, people are talking about social, you know, being socially responsible. They're thinking about their environmental impact to a certain level, like not using too much water or things like that. Um, but yeah, waste and circularity is the next thing. So can people use your product? Um, for a really long time. And what do they do when they're finished with it? I've seen brands saying, oh, we don't, you know, none of our product goes to landfill, because they don't physically throw it away. But what does your customer do with your product if they've finished with it? That's
0: the so it's the, the so i'm correct i might be being stupid asking this but what do you mean by circularity is that just like the the the, the process of the life cycle of the man of the products is it or?
1: circularity to explain it i suppose the normal model is linear so you make a product and you sell it to someone right. and then you forget about you forget about it that's it it's just a linear model so someone makes it for you you're the middle person you sell it on to somebody else and it's just the line mm. and circular model would be that you get the materials, you make something, you sell it to the person, the person uses it, when they've finished with it, maybe they bring it back to you. And you work out how it can be recycled and go back into making more products. So it's a circle. That's right. It is. So the the traditional model of creating products is linear, and we want to get it to be a place where it's circular. And circular can mean different things. So it might mean, the thing that you use goes back to the ground so it's compostable and yeah. then that provides nutrients to the soil and then then that using that soil you can grow more of the yarn of the product whatever it is that you're you're making and then that comes back to you so it's not always recycling it could be that something's biodegradable and it goes back to the ground that way and but the idea is the resources stay in circulation mm. so it's never just you you can kind of see the process of where these things are going rather than them just ending up dumped basically. Ending up, like landfill is usually the end, the end of life for a product. So circularity means that, you know, nothing goes to landfill and it all goes back into the system in some way to be reused. Mm. Um, And they can get really complicated. So it might be, it might not be you using your material, you pass the material. Or your customer passes the material to someone else and it it actually gets downcycled. so for example an old t-shirt if it can't be recycled or if it can't be um composted might be shredded and then it would go into the um the upholstery for a car so car seats they use like shredded old materials ah oh, yeah so it's not going back into the li- but then now we'd be saying well what happens to that <laughs> at the end of its life it's still going to end up just dumped or incinerated usually so the idea is that you recover it and it goes back into the loop
0: that's such an interesting question to ask actually because i always say about my artwork it's obviously art so it can last a lifetime like it's obviously more it's more hard wearing than if you wanted words on your wall yeah, it's more hard wearing than a print for example but necessarily it's not necessarily like it's in a frame or whatever but I say it lasts a lifetime yeah however some people change their mind that they've got different home decor what are they getting when they change what do they do with my product at the end yeah and definitely. whether or not maybe I can I can have like a I've finished with my vivid wire little group and they sort of can sell it on. Yeah, maybe.
1: absolutely. You could set up that's a really like quick win, is that you could set up a, even just a Facebook group or something where people could swap or people can sell to each other. But also these days you can make it part of your business model. If you if it's a if it's a big thing that you know that a lot of people, you know, change their mind or maybe they've got one for kids and their kids grow up. You should bring that back into your in-house for yourself, you know. So your customer actually sends it back to you to resell, and you give them an, an incentive. So
0: yeah, I can swap it in. So yeah, if anyone's listening and they they've got, like, I'm just thinking about children's decor. You can send it back to me, and I will honour the amount and make something new, I suppose, and then I'll sell that on to somebody else. Can you re-make?
1: yeah sometimes yeah see that's the thing so you there's a massive incentive actually for
0: you to get them back because that's a that's that's more materials for you yeah well there was one one customer bought from me when I was right in the beginning of the business and I wasn't as good as I am now um because obviously I'm great uh but they um she sent messaged me and she said I've just moved And the movers have ruined my wire words. Can I send them to you for you to fix them? She still wanted them. So when they arrived back, I was in back. I was like, oh, God, there's, you know, it's not as finished as I do now. But I loved the opportunity to make, because I can then make them look really, really good. So I made them up, packaged them all beautifully again, sent them off. And now she's got an even better product. So if anyone's listening, they want me to do that. But actually, I can fix a lot, like, a Absolutely. lot of stuff that or you know reuse it, so yeah, that's good. I love that. So now it's like the challenge now of like and if you're definitely if you're product based, how can you think about different ways that you can reuse or get your customers to send back to so its yeah, creating that cycle?
1: Absolutely. and I think the um the thing is understanding what your customer, what your customer is doing with their product, that's mm-hmm. the most important part because what works for you might not work for somebody else. Um, You know, some businesses, they can't repair what they're sending out or um, their customer does keep it for a lifetime, you know, so it's working out what makes sense for your business. What does your customer want? Um, I think the three main pillars of circularity are resell, um, repair, and then the other one is rental. Um, So if there, you know, are there people out there who would like to engage with your business or your brand, um, but they, but not on a permanent basis? um so for, for in for in your case for example you know does someone want a big wire slogan for a, a launch or something like that or a pop up shop and therefore they don't want to actually buy it forever because it's just going to be you know a two yeah. week so do you have a service whereby they can you can do that for them and then they can send it back to you and then you can re you know reuse it to make something else um and actually add something to your business model as well as being uh, a circular thing. Do you see what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I <love it. laughs> that customer they wouldn't have you know either they'd have bought it from you and then it would have gone to waste um, or they just wouldn't have bought it from you at all. They'd have gone, oh well, we'll just get a poster printed because you know that's easier and we can recycle it at the end. Um, so actually add something to your business model, another offer that you can do.
0: I love that because um I my um I, I my some of my stuff was once using a photo shoot and then they just gifted it to somebody in the team yeah. but actually it could have come back and then I could have done something else with it well I mean they still used it but yeah it's that's really really cool yeah. I love this <laughs> I knew you'd come back and it'd be like I'm so, I'm so passionate about it like I'm so yeah. interested in it like I think we said last time, I get such a buzz from the fact that we've reduced our our waste to landfill by like, I think it's like two thirds in the last few months. We, you know, we compost all of our, not our own compost, but we're really lucky with our local authority that they do a food and garden waste bin and they give it to you, they pick it up every week. As well as recycling every week, so it's so easy for our local authority. And I know not everybody has that, but those kinds of things, if there's the opportunity there, and also, um, I'm so such a geek with this, but I'm sure well you are as well, so that's okay. Um, I've been like all of the way it's like Aldi I do a lot of food shopping at Aldi because it's just so easy for me to go in and out but they've changed all their packaging recently so it's the ones that you can recycle back in store so even though it's I am moving towards making sure that all of my fruit and veg are coming from locally sourced but the local Aldi gets their fruit and veg where they can from Kent where I live obviously the carbon emissions of it traveling there it is obviously still um covered in plastic but that plastic is recyclable in the store so yeah. I collect it all up take it back, take it back. get it recycled so Which I'm excited. nearly there yeah. yeah I
1: mean I think it's 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 step by step isn't it processes obviously like things like that I I do buy veg in plastic sometimes as well and that's mostly because I live on my own and sometimes if I buy if I need to buy something I don't know if I'm going to make a stir fry or something like that it's I'm less likely to waste food if I buy a pack that I use two meals and that's it. If I buy all of the separate ingredients, I'm more likely to throw food out at the end of the week. Now, sometimes I weigh up that balance. I'm like, this isn't right, (laughs) you know, but it's very, it's very tricky to weigh it up. And I think, um, you kind of have to play around and, and try and, you know, I think the consistency, I suppose, is the important thing. It's, you know what can, what will you consistently do and then also um like for me i'm trying not to waste food at the moment because i saw myself wasting so much food now that i'm in a better position i'm kind of like okay now let's try and eliminate the plastic again and try and work
0: out how i can you know, yeah and he's again you know he's doing it in stages isn't it because um I we've we're moving through that the next stage and like my husband's equally as passionate about i don't know if he's as, i don't know he's enthusiastic but he is quite passionate about it um but we are like right okay the next step is we're going to start going to the farmer's market like there's a you know and buy from local that is right around the corner and so it's organic and etc etc we're going to start that's our like next phase um but right now i'm i'm training him to do cupboard cleanses which he's not really 100 percent on board with because it gets he like we both work really really hard and at the end of the day he doesn't want to eat some weird meal that I've created out of some tins at the back of the cupboard (laughs) but I'm like but the impact it has on everything like our budget or you know it's not that we're we're hard up at the moment thank thank you know thank the lord or whatever I'm really grateful Mm. but I love doing a cup of cleanse because it's like it makes me feel really creative so yeah. like we it's such a weird dinner but I was cooking tonight I found some black pudding he's from the Midlands so black pudding is like <laughs> basically a staple of anybody that's born in the West Midlands um he got black pudding I've got some cod frozen in the fr- again again I don't even know if that's it's from a sustainable source but anyway um, and then we're gonna have like once we went out and had scallops with black pudding, it's like a really posh meal. So I was oh. like, that's the same as cod and black pudding, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I it too. I was like, I found this black pudding. Should we just see if that goes for dinner? Yeah. And he's like, Well, it's black pudding. Of course, I'm going to eat it. But it makes me feel creative. Like, yes. and like last night I cooked a cauliflower and chickpea curry because and yeah. literally used the whole bag of cauliflower. That's everything you've got, yeah. yeah everything but that kind of and I feel like that's where I am with the business as well I look at all of my resources and I think like what how can I use this effectively exactly the same with my wire like I've got I might have lots of wire in one color I will find a designer or make a kit out of what I have already without buying more just even if my design in my head is like oh I need these colors I will change the design. I will design something from what I have instead of what I want. Yes. And, it just, and and sometimes yeah. it's not as fulfilling sometimes, to be honest. But then I, if I manage to make something out of something, like design something that's out of something that's just going to sit in a cupboard otherwise, I'm like, that's pretty good. because I've oh, not yeah. only saved money, but I've also used something that's given it life. Yeah,
1: I think, yeah, that's true. It's about challenging yourself and that sometimes helps you to develop better habits as well.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, so <laughs> do, you, do you think I'm a bit I'm a bit of a weirdo how
1: excited I get when we chat? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean I'm exactly like that. I'm, oh, okay, I'm cool. just So, you know, I signed myself up for carbon literacy literacy training, not only really because it helps me with my work, but because I'm just a geek about it and I want to know, you yeah, know, all the ins and outs and the science and the background. Um, And now that I've measured my carbon footprint, I'm now like, right, got to eliminate eliminate the, the plastic, eliminate the vegetables that come from far away, start eating seasonal again. And
0: yeah, it's almost like you have to gamify it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you've got that personality, then it works. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I need to fight, print out like vegetables and fruit in season and laminate it in my kitchen yeah. so that I'm constant, like, well, I, it's March. So what's in, well, basically nothing in this country. This is the thing though, isn't it? It's like. Yeah. Well, it, it is
1: hard, even... but, they, but it does exist. It's, 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 it's more, there's more in season than you realize. I think we're conditioned to think that you have to eat like tomatoes all year round um and you and you don't so yeah <laughs> uh, when i lived in australia everything was seasonal and it re- was reflected in the price so you would go to the, the supermarket and say i actually can't afford to buy tomatoes because they're so expensive um and you would you know i remember eating spring onions consistently for about three months because they were seasonal and like and they would do, they would do like you know they did the little supermarket magazine and they would put yeah. loads of recipes in there for you know whatever was in season so you'd start being like oh yeah like you know, don't know the spring onion stir fries and <laughs> i love that um, Wait, it
0: really- honestly you've inspired me so much like right? i'm just gonna be just making a note to laminate print out and laminate my seasonal veg yeah well if,
1: if you haven't already um i definitely recommend mapping your carbon footprint um because then it will give you some like really tangible Goals. Um, I've just did mine actually, and my new goal is to reduce meat from my diet right back to almost zero again. I used to eat like that years ago and then pandemic everything changed. Um, but when you, you can actually see the carbon saving, um wow, <laughs> you know, it's like just me if everybody did that, from going from you know, eating everything to mainly vegetables or going vegetarian or going vegan.
0: It's a big saving um, wow. but there's lots of other things as well this is amazing honestly <laughs> I just get upset you get out so much I could chat to you all day about this I really could I bet. <laughs> um so the last time you were on I asked you the 10-year question so I can't ask you that now but I've just no. thought of another question to ask oh. instead no. so and obviously I'm putting you on the spot because you weren't prepared for this um but if you had no fear what would you do next no <laughs> Sorry,
1: oh you're my dear, oh you with, my, or with you. my yeah, let's see your career, let's see your career. career, oh my goodness, if I had no fear, what would I do? That's a really good question i think I think I'd do what I'm doing, but I'd just attack it be a bit probably a bit more <laughs> <laughs> um I think yeah I think I'd probably be putting myself forward for more things yeah I'd say at the moment I'm very much um, like I'm getting a lot of opportunities so it's great but there's definitely part of me that there's things I want to do like I'd love to write a book um, and I really enjoy speaking and I'd love to be writing more like writing for publications and things like that and yeah I think I'm kind of like waiting for someone to ask me to write an article rather than just pitching an article. So yeah, I think that's what I do. I love yeah. that. writing. writing. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say yeah, I'm going to write a book.
0: <laughs> Good. Yeah, brilliant. I've literally um, this podcast day today. I've been block um, block recording, and my last guest has just written a book, and we had a whole conversation about that because I'm writing a book, but it's getting to that point of like yeah. actually writing the book. Um, but you just have to say I'm writing a book. And then start. And then, <laughs> and then you're start like, writing the book. I'm writing the book, but then you have to like, you, <laughs> I've done it a million times, but it's just having the idea and just one percent factor. But I love that. Do you know what? I in currently in my, I suppose cr- my job and business and everything, I'm constantly asking myself and my clients, if you weren't scared, there was no fear, what would you do? Mm. And it ch- changes how I show up for things. Yeah it is. Like does. Well, do you know what I'm I'm just going to shelve that fear I'm going to recognize it's there and just quite a powerful thing. Yeah
1: absolutely. I started um, doing that in January because in January I feel like I was I, I did I didn't do dry January but I did very low alcohol January <laughs> and just tried to kind of t- devote it to being fearless and working on my business which I did and then in February when opportunities started to come in I was like oh yeah I feel a bit comfortable now went back into my comfort zone yeah so that was a good reminder to me that I need to pop back out of the comfort zone and keep pushing yeah
0: that's good do you know I've um I'm currently sober and I have been not drinking now I think it's like 50 days coming wow. up maybe so just under I'm going to 100 and then I'm going to consider what I'm wow. going to do I'm so yeah surprised. and it's really well I did it in all I did it from August and to, to to October and I did 55 days
1: yeah
0: but I had like an end goal and I was like right I'm going to get to that point and then I'm going to have a drink whereas okay. now I'm like do you know what because I make lots more money when I'm sober when I'm not drinking this loads more money yeah and so the my I had my best month in business in January and I wasn't drinking I had a really good month in September when when I wasn't drinking and so I'm like well maybe if I just see what happens so I'm and it's just an experiment right now so till the end to 11th of April I think is 100 days so I'm gonna get to that and then see how I feel, feel because if I start drinking again and obviously this is just just me my husband was like Oh, you're going to start lecturing me about what I drink? I'm like, no, because I'm just bothered about what's in my glass. But yeah. if I do start drinking again, I think it will be because I'm scared that people think I'm not fun anymore. And that's the thing of that question of like, what would I do if there was no if I wasn't scared?
1: Yeah, actually. and I'm also
0: scared of people going, "What are you an alcoholic then? Or oh, were? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <gasps> or are you're pregnant. I've had that as well. Or were you pregnant? Oh yeah, like, cool. Yeah, but it's just no. I I just make more money. <laughs> Awesome.
1: And this is the thing I was far more focused and far less fearful because I do think drinking yeah induces, induces anxiety if you're already yeah. prone to anxiety so um yeah I think I need to yeah I need to do that too
0: but also the other reason to, to do it, it's like you were saying about comfort zone it yeah. keeps me that tiny bit uncomfortable all of the time yeah, yeah. so because yeah. I'm already there to push myself into another bit, a bit more discomfort is not as hard.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that as well, because you don't get that kind of, oh, I'm I'm a bit stressed, I'll I'll have a drink and just kind of push the stress away you have
0: to deal with the stress yeah you have to feel the feelings oh my god and that's the the toughest thing like the other day I had a really challenging day I can't even remember what it was see I can't even remember so I wouldn't you know like god I could do with a drink I could really do with a drink and it was recognizing go why do I want to have a drink I want to have a drink to not feel like this but it's a feeling that I actually need to feel and processed it and I felt it I probably had a cry actually but I do healthier things like normally I wouldn't have a cry but maybe I needed to so I just had a little cry um. or I would make myself go and have some time on my own I might meditate or I'd go for a walk or you know stuff like that and it's like being aware of all of these other things I used to do to push feelings down instead of actually just feeling the feelings and that's uncomfortable so it's just yeah, it's, it's quite powerful, but I mean, I wouldn't. It is like a, a challenging thing to do, but for me, it gives me a bit of an edge, and I like that edge. Yeah. In a minute.
1: Yeah. No, that's great stuff. That's reminded me of I, I at the end of January. I kind of went. This is great. I'm really enjoying it. I need to continue this, and I need to. I'm going to go back to drinking maybe a bit more, but I'm going to have a bit more. You know, limitations around it and things, and then it's a slippery slope. And next minute, yeah. So actually, that's been another good reminder for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's these like different cycles. Like I went to, um, I couldn't have done Christmas this time, but maybe like next year. But then I'm going away in um, about three weeks. It's going to be the first time I'm away. And also before that, the week before I'm going away with my girls and to not have a drink while I'm away with them will be not that they won't make me drink they won't make me feel bad or anything but it's just that's what we do we drink yeah, wine and gin really, yeah. and we watch sex in the city and that's what we've done since we've been at university so it's like that it's just going to be different
1: how will it feel yeah yeah But yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway, that's nice that's a nice little engine yeah. <laughs> thank you so much nat for being on oh, really appreciate happy. it um i'll put all of your details again in the show notes and link up to the last episode um and yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great to chat to you again. You're very welcome. I'll speak to you soon. Right then. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the No Rest for the Viboo podcast, written, produced and hosted by Claire Hill, and music has been composed by my brother, Phil V. Vin-